Lawson out there. Keys um, just get pucks deep, you know, play the corners hard, see if good things will happen for us. Yep, we're back. Just dishing it, episode 41, joined by the big three, Big D, Derek Hoskin, John Scooter. What's going on, boys? How are we? Not too bad. Just uh, finished up a little day of some product shooting at uh, good old Project 816. We like. Yes, sir. We like very much. Yes, sir. Other than that, pretty... Pretty quiet week for me. Uh, I mean... Oh, we got to shoot at the end of the week. Yes. Yes, indeed, we do. Um, talk about that later. Yeah. yeah, we can talk about that later. Talk about it later, later, later. Um, dudes, get it out. I know you got I know you got... I know you want to get it out. Yeah, nothing Nothing exciting to report. Pretty quiet week other than the, uh, the pending fraud investigation at One Bill's Drive right now. Had to tell in Orchard Park, so you know I I don't know what the, I don't know. I think they were they had to be misreporting some things early on in the season because I mean they just doesn't look like there's a whole lot of good going on there. Right I mean now. I'll just uh, we'll we'll leave it to rest after this, but I got to get my shot in. I would like to say sorry for Chase Claypool single-handedly losing yes. the game for you yeah. guys. Um, yeah, he can do his TikTok dances all he wants, but uh, he lost that game. He, uh, you know, he's and he did it, and, and he did it, infuriating and he also didn't own it too. Yeah, like it, he dodged around. They got, he got asked the question in the game and after the game, and he, he dodged yeah. around it so hard. It was like you but knew I what think, you did. I think. I mean, obviously, he knew what he did, but like. The thing with Claypool that's so infuriating is I love him and I hate him because the dude is so, so talented. He just does those bonehead things in the middle of a game. And and say what you want about the TikTok stuff, right, because Juju is obviously, like, huge on that. With Juju, it never impacted in-game performance once. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that dude showed up. He balled if it was the fourth quarter and he got a big possession catch on a on a drive at the end of the game. He's sprinting the ball back to get it spotted so they can run another play. Like, so, I mean, I don't – like, I don't ever have a problem with players doing stuff like – Oh no, I know, but like when like, it, but when it makes not, an bro? but when it makes an impact on the field, that's no, when it's a problem, yeah, for and like sure. that's just like it's a stupid first down celebration thing. I think celebrating first downs is the dumbest thing in the world, anyway. Like, okay, like congrats, like now you go run another play. Like you didn't score a touchdown. Relax. It's um, stuff like that why they have the enforcement of taunting penalties. Like you just look like such a bonehead. Yeah, but like I mean, the ta- the taunting. I think it's stupid. I, I you know I kind of left that. It's one of the dumbest rules in pro sports. For but sure, there's a lot of those in the NFL. I must say, there's yeah, a lot there, of them. there. Are. I still, I mean, to this day, I've been watching since I was a kid. You know, I'm not a super passionate football fan. Ooh, you know, well, that I like I like college football more, as we all know. Fifty nine percent of the season college football bets, no big deal. Um, as I was saying. The so I to this day I don't know what a catch is, and I don't know what pass interference is. 
Well, Derek and I were talking about this a little bit earlier. Like the NFL out of all the pro sports leagues is really infuriating to watch because the officiating week in and week out is inconsistent. They blow calls. They make terrible calls. They miss calls that are right in front of them. And I think in any sport, right, whether it's baseball, basketball, football, hockey, doesn't really matter. Obviously, no human ref is going to be 100% on every single game. But it seems like the NFL out of all the leagues has by far the worst officiating. Also, I feel there's, like... no, there's no consequence for them. True. I completely agree. And also, though, but I feel like NFL out of almost any sport, the officiating really can dictate the game, like the way that the game is going, like uh, officiating in hockey, like you still have to you know, score like a I would say big, the NFL like a, like a goal. Like a, yeah, like a, but like hockey, you still got to score, you know, a goal and stuff like even if penalties are handed out, whereas like. If you give someone a pass interference and it's on the one yard line, like that team is going to probably score. Like that's almost a guarantee. Like you're handing it to them almost. Yeah. Like it, it is, it's more of a direct impact than calling a blatant, like trip, you know, non, non call tripping penalty, you know, in hockey or something like that. Like it's you, like could, go, you could go, you could go 0 and 5. You could go 0 and 5. It's only an advantage. Whereas like, a pass interference on the one is basically like, I mean, you're, it is an advantage at the end of the day, but you're pretty much handing them a shot at scoring, you know, like nine times, I would say like nine times out of 10. Like That actually brings me, now that you bring that perspective up, Derek, like looking back at, so obviously like elephant in the room, the, the Buffalo and Tampa game this weekend, right? Yeah. Buffalo, Buffalo, like they were, they were out of it in the first half, right? They, played terrible but then the second half they're rolling and, and had a chance to win it um but i almost wonder if and i'm not saying it's right because i think you have to be consistent right if you're gonna let the boys play and let guys get away with a little extra contact you obviously have to call that both ways and if you're gonna call everything you also have to call the ticket everything on, yeah ways. that's yeah but i wonder too if i'm like the digs play or whatever like, I wonder if the whistle doesn't get blown there, the flag doesn't get thrown because of field position, because it's essentially like, hey, if I throw a flag here, this flag wins the game or decides the outcome versus the other um, perspective where the Bucks are in their own territory and that flag, it extends a drive. But it doesn't win the game, right? Because there was still like a 60-yard touchdown pass or whatever it was after mm -hmm. that play. Um, obviously, that play on third down getting a PI extends that drive to turn into winning the game. But like you said, it's not as direct of a result as like, oh, I threw a PI in the end zone. Now they're going to get the ball in the one and they're going to win the game for sure. I'm sure that discretion comes into play when making those decisions on calls i would not doubt it it's probably a factor in their mind i wouldn't doubt it um because you don't want to be you know say you make that call and it's wrong you don't want to be that guy that ends up and then you gotta like you gotta swallow it basically See, this you know? is you why gotta, though, like, you literally have to this is why i don't understand frankly why we need 
human refs in 2021. Like, there's not a chance that you need a guy on the field to make that call. You can make that call someone... with camera angles from the booth, just separated from the play. Like, you don't need a guy standing there. I mean, obviously, the guy standing there, like, you have to see those plays. They're right in front of you. But there's literally no inter- excuse for ever getting that wrong, ever. Could be an interesting concept in the future of like refs possibly handling just like spot, like spotting calls, you know, physical stuff, and then like catches and uh, catches and like PIs and penalties end up getting handled. Even by even booth. spotting is to me in the NFL or co- football in general, right? Because they do it in college, but like spotting the ball is actually comical. Because it's the only sport where, like, literally all the way down the field, it's a complete guess, right? It's an educated guess, but they're just like, ah, we're going to put the ball down here because this is as close as we can put it to where we think the guy went down with his knee or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden a guy gets stopped on third and one and they spot the ball where they think it should go. And then they break out the chains and they measure it and it's two links short. Like, that's some, like... (laughs) really accurate measurement like dude like you've been guessing the whole fucking game like what are we doing here but let's get the chains you know what i mean like i just gotta make sure that's 10 yards i just think it's absolutely comical that that's how things are measured where like i i don't know it is what's the counter well what's to say because that's always what i hear is why do we need on-field refs in football? It makes a lot of sense. But what about a sport like soccer? You, you could probably get away with opinion, one. You could get away with in, one in official. Your, you, know more, you know more about soccer than I do, Benny, so I think I'd defer to you on this one. I think for things like pace the of the of game, the, right? Yeah. So, like, like it's in more soccer, similar to hockey. Right, like in soccer, if a guy gets tripped or fouled, right, and say we're right around midfield, that guy gets tripped or fouled, the play stops for a split second and the ref, like, blows their whistle. But essentially one of those guys on that team basically just sets the ball down and kicks it to one of their teammates to start the play up again. There's not, like, this big – We got to put the camera on the guy, the head official. He's got to turn his mic on. That doesn't work half the time. Oh, wait. Oh, what? Holding. No? They're they're never organized. It's a bunch. They look like they all smoked a fat doink before the game when they Mm -hmm. can't figure out what the penalty call is. One guy throws a flag. That's the most entertaining thing about NFL officiating is some of those moonshots they throw with those flags where they're just – and they My just let one go is, for whatever dumb reason they're supposed to throw it like near the play instead of just like tossing it up in the air so i love when they like throw it at the play and it like hits a guy in the yeah. face mask like what do you do there was yeah. a there was in the bills game i think i can't remember which one exactly it was i want to say it was maybe against the colts they started off or no it was it was the jacksonville game yeah because it started off with a bunch of fuckery and it was just like the the refs called like something on the defensive team, but then they were like 
no, we meant offensive side. And it's like, wait, what are you guys <laughs> talking about? It was within the first few minutes. I was like, you guys have lost all credibility of the game, like so in that, the first few minutes of the game. And that like it was like they called it, they were calling it was the same penalty. It was like a pass interference, and they called it like it should have been a defensive pass interference or something like that. And then they were like they called it defensive pass interference, and then they were like, no, just kidding. It was offensive pass interference or something like that. <laughs> it's like, how do you guys even, like, mix up just the wrong team that it's on? Like, uh-huh. that doesn't even make any sense. It's like, you guys are trying to figure out what penalty is called. That's one thing, but you can't, can't I, keep and the there's the There's the straight. human error, right? And I think, again, I brought up the soccer point because they haven't quite got it right yet, but they figured out a way to where they merged because – like sometimes the replay stuff can be a nightmare. I liked soccer before when there was no it like, slows down there's the no game. replay. It slows and it you down just, entirely. Yeah. Whereas again, soccer they still have the the ref. Like Tudor just said, midfield guy gets fouled. So let's say that foul happens where Tudor was talking about a restart, right? That would usually be if the guy goes down, the ball goes somewhere, and there's no advantage to the team that got fouled. So he's going to stop and say, take your free kick. You can take it fast. You can take your time, set it up, do whatever the fuck you want. Here's the ball. Go. Whereas sometimes for, you know, a lot of people listening probably know this, but sometimes if there's a foul that happens and the ref sees it, but the guy's still upright and he's got, they're still going, they're still breaking or something towards the advantage. Yeah. You play the advantage and then they do those funny, like keep the play going. Those are, those are equally as entertaining if you're watching a soccer game as the dudes chucking the flags in NFL games. When they to see, it's almost like a like a strike call, like a really emphatic strike call. Some of those soccer refs, they get really, they crouch nice and low and they play on. Like they're just like how they do the arm motions is hysterical. You can really get down a nice YouTube rabbit hole looking those up. It's pretty funny. There's a there's an art to it. Yeah, there's definitely but, an art to it. But they have that process where. It's almost like hockey for me where you're kind of, you know, like all that Tim Peel shit that happened last year with the hot mic incident, right? Where it's like, we know that's going on. We've all played the game. And that's kind of the same thing where it's like you do a bad tackle in soccer. It's like, hey, you you know, one more, I, I got to give you the yellow. That's your second one here. The, you know, stuff well, like that's that. The, that's the let the boys play exactly. mentality, though. That's like, never I mean, really existed in the NFL since they instituted. Like, once they started changing then, pass interference and all they this They still stuff. do. They do. They definitely do let the boys play because if you really wanted to, there could be probably seven penalties oh, on you could every call, single play. If you, you could want. call a hole or a penalty on every single play in the NFL. And that's where this but... discretion comes down to it isn't and it probably takes into i bet you they probably take into account field position and everything too and how much it's going to impact the you know the outcome of it i'm sure they do and like but this also goes back to conversation derek and i were having a little bit earlier too with like if those errors are going to happen officials need to be held accountable or I what bothers me so much is like why isn't there officials, a review process? Well, I and I don't know, maybe <laughs> they internally do it with the league and like we don't know about it, but like what bothers me is after a game, 
especially games that are, you know, a couple calls go one way or the other, you send out this athlete that is forced by league rules to talk to the media after the game. And then they have to sit there and own their issues or their mistakes. But then refs don't have any accountability like that. And even to the point where if one of those players or coaches that's impacted by that call or those calls says anything really about the refs or their performance, they get fined by the league. I was looking it up earlier. There was uh, Clay Matthews and a couple other players in 2019 got fined by the NFL for criticizing officials after a game. And Mike Tomlin for this quote here, man, these penalties are costing people games and jobs. We got to get them correct. And I'm so pissed about it, to be quite honest with you. But that's all I'm going to say on it. Mike Tomlin said that quote and got fined twenty five thousand dollars in two thousand nineteen. Yeah, that's after it. after a game where there was fourteen penalty flags thrown uh, with his team in the game, it's like I don't understand the one sidedness of the accountability there because players and coaches have to be accountable for whatever happened on or off the field, but officials aren't held accountable, and that just that's never sat right with me. It is strange to think about. It's very strange. It's not something that's like, like you don't bring, like anytime there's official discussing, <laughs> official discussing, excuse me, it was like, you know, the refs was bad or the, the, the game, there wasn't really any bad calls, which you never hear really. It's always complaining, complaining, complaining about the, but again, I think some of that would be if you could hear from them. And that's another thing I'll bring up about soccer. They don't do media. Like, it's not a forced thing. Mm-hmm. But they'll do interviews with, like, journalists over there, and they'll explain what they saw and why they did it and why they right. called it that way. And you combine that with the VAR system they use over there, there's more people that get mad at VAR because behind VAR is a guy like the replay system like you see and in the NFL where there's still a human looking at it and they judge stuff about what just happened in the Sabres game the other night. Right. Right. The, the offside thing in the Rangers game you're talking about, obviously, right. Yeah, They reviewed it and it still got called wrong. Yeah. And then, and then the stuff too, like you guys probably noticed watching NFL games. It's like the Dean Blandino and the other guy, the other guy, the rules experts or whatever. Yeah. But here's the thing though. How many times do they pop on and they're Dean Blandino? Hey guys, here we go. We got, uh, this is what we're looking at and they explain all the things. But then I feel like half the time they come on, I can't see why this was a, they, they disagree with the refs and it's supposed to be like this fraternal brotherhood thing. And it's like, this guy doesn't even get it. Like, what are we doing? I was about to say, I feel like whenever they bring on those guys, I mean, usually it's pretty cheesy no matter what, but like most of the time they like disagree with whatever the call is. And I don't know if that's like maybe just like a, like uh, they do that on the production side of things. Like they tell them to like kind of lean, lean against it. But like, it seems to be usually always against whatever they are like saying, you know, on on field. Backtrack though half the time where they'll be like, Oh, it didn't, uh, you know, it doesn't look like, you know, a fumble to me. I don't think he had possession, blah, blah, blah. And then it gets called a fumble after the replay. And they're like, 
well, you know, you can see here, you know, he did make a football move, and it's like, dude, a, a football move is one of the, my favorite, my favorite unexplained. That's what I was. That's what football. I was saying. That's what I was saying earlier when we first got going on this. I'm like, I still, I legitimately, I don't know what it catches. I don't get it. They're just this like, is, make yeah, like a football This is move. also the the fact that we've been talking about this for about 15 minutes now is why I don't understand why people look at me like I have three heads when I tell them I'd rather watch hockey than football any day of the week. Yep, exactly. Do you think it's a intentional thing, though? Because it keeps people talking the entire week. It, not, it doesn't matter what it is. It's it's NFL-related. I mean, I think football – yeah, and I, I don't know if it's, like, intentional the league, but definitely, like, football more than anything, if you talk to – 90% of fan bases after their team loses a game, probably 100% if you talk to a large enough sample of people, the losing team, that fan base is always going to bitch about refs. Always. Yep. Every time. Probably say like about like 80 to 90% of the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Even, even, if it's, even if it's not the wrong call, right? Like even if it's a call that – so, like, say there was, like, the Stefan Diggs play in the end zone, right? Say a ref throws a flag there, and it's the right call to call pass interference, and then it leads to the game-winning score. You will have fans on the losing team complaining and saying refs decided the outcome of the game, oh, even yeah. if it's Tampa, the right call. The, the, uh, I, I think the Tampa the fans would have made an even bigger stink if that but ended I don't, up happening that way. Like, So I don't, it's not like exclusive to one group of fans, but it's just always going to happen whether it's the right call or the wrong call. I mean, officials are obviously like they're the scapegoats for pretty much everybody watching the game if it doesn't go the way you want it to. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've bet football or basketball and, you know, the team I picked didn't cover and I'm pissed off at the refs because they call the, they call the penalty to put somebody in field goal range and now my team doesn't cover or, you know, they're sending guys to the free throw line or it's, I don't know. I mean, officials are always going to be the scapegoat, but, you know. Yeah, it is. That's going to be something that's always brought up. Everyone's going to talk about it, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, but like also then also like backtracking too, I find it interesting because like this is something that and I saw someone, I think, post about it early, you know, earlier in the week um, and it was just like a quote tweet and it was just like, OK, do the bills next. It was like when the NF the NHL actually came out and said, like, hey, we made a mistake on this. Like, yeah, you don't want to hear it, but like at least they're like admitting to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like they're at least coming out and saying it. Whereas, like, you know, the NFL is not going to come out and say it. Like, yeah, that was a pass interference on Stefan Diggs in the corner there. Like, if they didn't do it on that Des Bryant catch against the Packers, yeah, all those years yeah, ago yeah, when the Packers yeah, yeah. won the Super Bowl, even, they didn't do it the with the Rams and the Saints or whatever it was. Right. I think like they yeah. they're never gonna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, I just like that the NHL, at least, like, when stuff like that happens, like, they at least have accountability. Like, um, yeah, they're at least, I mean, you don't want to be on the receiving end of that, but, like, it's nice to at least hear the NHL say, like, hey, guys, we uh, we fucked up on this one. So, like, For sure. It sucks that that instance, like, usually it's, like, on one play, like, that doesn't really decide the game. Unfortunately, this one literally decided the game for the Sabres. I mean, 
it was yeah. on the game tying goal. So yeah, but, but it's okay because we got out of there with no points. The race is still on. Shane Wright is very good at yeah, hockey. Oh yeah, I don't really. So care. I, I don't really care at everybody all. Everybody whining about that. Save your whining for when a game matters, because as, as far as I'm concerned, that was a win. Sorry, I know everyone's sick of hearing it. Just one more time, one more time. All right, we're starting to get things right. And guess what? I'm laughing at myself internally for even saying it. But guess what? Here we are. Shane Wright is a can't miss stud in the NHL. I've watched enough tape on him. Kid's been lighting up the OHL since he was like 15 years old. Okay. We're good. We're going to keep it rolling. All right, let's transition off officiating because no matter how much we dis- – it's not going to make sense right. in regards to the NFL. Good old uh, topic. Yeah, it's a, it's a compelling. It's it's funny, but, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> it's an uphill, uphill it's battle. It's an uphill battle for sure. Um, keep talking. I want to transition because, I mean, boys and everybody listening here, this is our last episode of 2021 here. Our first year in existence here at Justitionate for the Justitionate podcast. We have had uh, almost 40 guests on this show. We've done 41 episodes. I'd say I think I'm pretty sure within the 41, we've only had like three. I think this is our fourth episode of just us three i think so. yeah so it's a rare thing that we just get to kind of reflect chop it up and stuff like that mm-hmm. um you know I, go you know kind of round table here what are some some conversations some stories some guests experiences experiences you've had on the show that stand out that maybe you tell people about when they ask what you've been up to or what you think the fans have liked the listeners and the followers have liked or really enjoyed I'm just curious to get your guys' input on that if we all want to just go around and, and share some things. And then we're going to get to uh, what we're asking Santa for later on to, to cap off the show here. Um, I'll start it off, I guess. Um, I, I guess, obviously, one, I'm sure it'll, it's probably going to be a popular answer, but like AJ Galant is, you know, I mean, like, but like, how can't you? Like, I yeah. mean, that was like I, the story, and I, I did the one quote that sticks out to me. I mean, I guess we can all answer, but like we, you know, it will all probably have something different in terms oh, yeah, of what definitely. we liked from it. But um, definitely the one uh, where he, the part where he was talking to his mom and like he was like, he didn't understand why people were liking it so much. And like they were just like, yeah, this is a crazy story that like you'll <laughs> yeah. literally never hear anywhere else. Like you can't even, like I try to explain to people, like, of like, people are like uh who you know some big people that you've had and i tell them that and it's like and i tell them about the netflix documentary and i'm like oh and this happened and oh and this happened like there's just like so much that you can like like when you're summarizing that like story there's just so much that you can throw in there that makes it sound more and more interesting and it just like it it grows it just keeps growing um but that was really i thought that was a really cool moment um a really uh a real good uh, one that i really enjoyed was also uh Keyshawn. um i really liked being yeah. able to hear him yeah, talk about his fights and stuff uh, you know and like getting like you know, alive looking yeah, up the yeah, fight, a, seeing the, him talk yeah. about what was going on that you was know great. especially from my end like i was really 
happy to be able to get the you know pro Find the video. Fights, yeah. yeah of yeah. them and get those up there for him to like comment kind of talk about um and uh, i it's just cool because like it's it's also the whl you know like mm -hmm. um a league that you know we obviously don't get to talk about a lot um i mean i would love to be able to like watch more of whl stuff but like oh, yeah. it's just not like in our you know in our sector basically um yeah it's not readily available no to no but it would be sweet i mean like there's some good teams in there and some like probably really fun hockey to watch but you know it, it was just cool to hear his perspective and uh it just it gave me real like like slap shot feel to it you know? like, <laughs> it's just like this is this yeah. is like some like you know that that type of hockey is still out there you know as like even you can see that subtle like passion and like genuine enjoyment he got out of that role he plays sometimes for the team. Oh too. yeah, for he sure. He loves being the great, he's too. a great guy. He's one of those guys that like still like, you know, I check up on like some of the stuff he'll post on Instagram and stuff like that. And it's like, he's definitely the type of dude that if he's on your team, like you are pumped up to go to war with that dude. Yeah. Like, yeah, but you probably hate lining up against him. Oh, he's gonna be, absolutely. He's like a he's like a like a Marshawn style. Yeah, yeah, you know he's what gonna you're be, in for a long night. A yeah. yeah, like you're gonna have him on your ankles and shit, probably getting you know little uh, chops yeah. at your feet and stuff. You know, I mean, I I don't actually know this, but you know, it just this is the summer. This is the summarization of I guess the type of player that I feel like he he encompasses uh, after oh, yeah. that uh, that episode if you're not a bruins fan and you try and tell me you would not want brad marchand on your team yeah I, you would want I mean, him you're a, you're a complete fool if, you I don't, don't know the game of hockey i dropped out of fantasy i don't care, hockey. Yeah, I I don't care that he yeah. licks people that's i don't i do not care I would take him on the Sabers in a second. I, I wouldn't even think out quite. of uh, fantasy hockey this year because it was like a fourteen-man league. It was just it was insane. It's it's a very demanding league, and um, I had Marshawn probably. I've played in the league for four years, and I was I probably drafted Marshawn like three times. He's an, a point per game player too. Also, yeah. Almost two points. He's like, I think he's like, over the past couple of years, I think he averages like one seven five game. Almost. Oh yeah. He's he's up there. Like he and for fantasy hockey, that's obviously someone that you want on your team. Someone who's gonna consistently be getting some type of factor. And also, we played in a league where like hits factored, um, you know, plus minus kind of thing. So it was just like an overall well-rounded player that you definitely wanted to have on your team. And everyone's like, why'd you draft Marshawn? I was like, uh, he's like my best player. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Unfortunately, like he yeah. might not be skill wise in the NHL, the best player, but he's yeah. a, a fantasy hockey. Like you mean, you're asking me why I picked, why I picked a guy, I picked a guy, I picked a guy who that's what you're asking me right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Figure that. I think you can figure that one out. Guy. Okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> Uh, dudes, what do you think, though? Oh man, uh, we had we had so many fun ones, and I think one of them that kind of early on opened my eyes, or a couple couple of the interviews were uh, when we had Jackie on, and we got a chance to talk about 
Um, everything going on with women's professional hockey in that game. I thought that was super cool because that's something that a lot of people don't get to hear about a lot. Yeah. Um, but just hearing, hearing about her journey and how that became a reality was so cool. And then also early on with when we had Jason and he was obviously, Beauty. you know, that was relatively early on. I don't even remember what episode that is. I want to say it might have been like single digits. It was back in May. Um, uh-huh. and I remember sitting there and thinking like, oh shit, like we just started and we already got a professional hockey player and an NHL hockey player on our podcast talking about Keith Yandel stories. <laughs> How the hell did this happen? Yeah. You know, like I, I guess like, oh, you walked through the screen door, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and it's just. <laughs> It's one of those things where, you know, I, I love the range that we've been able to have on, on our podcast, right? Because we can, we can talk to people like that, you know, the, the Jace Howerlicks, the, the Josh Kestners, um, you know, Swag DP, like all these guys that, you know, Rob, um, you know, all these guys that are, are top end talents. And then we also get to talk to people who, are not even connected to athletics, right? Like AJ with uh, the Trashers in, in the Netflix documentary, they're bringing a different side of things. You know, we get to talk to people who are our friends, right? Friends of the brand. I mean, started early on with Matt, Nick, Hopfer, Jackie came on. She's been active with Justition over the years. Like, it's it's so cool to see. I think the range and. I don't, I don't know. Like Xander's too. Xander's to me are just hilarious. And <laughs> Xander's are fun waiting ones. To Those see. Are good fun ones. Uh, I'm still waiting to to follow up here on uh, Xander's Arby's tattoo. And uh, for anyone listening that doesn't know what I'm talking about, go listen to Xander's second time he came on the podcast with us because this dude is an electric factory. Yeah. The Arby's. Uh, I I don't know if you guys do. Do you guys? I think I texted our group message. Um, Xander talked about how he was going down to Nashville, and then I got a <laughs> random uh, picture of like a, a an Instagram location from like a random number uh, after that week, and it was just a Domino's, uh, like a Domino's <laughs> location, and it just said Nashville like underneath it, and. <laughs> And I was just like, this has got to be Xander's number. Like, there's like no one else that <laughs> oh there could God. be. But yeah, it was a pretty funny one. That, that had yeah, me laughing. But, yeah, he's great, man. He's one of the best, dude. He's been, you know, and let me tell you, too, we're going to be having him on a lot more in the new year, too, because he's going to, he's got some tunes in the vault that he's going to be unleashing. And he started already this year with Crew Noise and Radiant. And um, yeah, I just listened to Radiant the other day. It was dope. Yeah, I I still got the link. I still got the link somewhere where he sent me the drop because I I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he made the first drop of that song. Like that was the demo that he sent and he linked up with Vexus to finish it up. But he sent that to me with no, it really wasn't done. It was basically just a build up in the drop. And I was like, you're ridiculous. He's like, he's never made a heavy song like a dubstep, you know, bass heavy tune like that and he's just murdering it the kid's so goddamn talented it's ridiculous what are you saying dudes i was gonna say what are your so like i kind of find myself 
gravitating toward a lot of those conversations like what we had with Xander on on his music or um, you know different creative people with their processes because that's so far removed from what I personally do on a daily basis. Uh, so I just like yeah. I, I, I sit there almost as just like a fan being like, yo, I want to learn about this because I have no idea. Like, what's what are your guys like favorite conversations to to be a part of? Is it creative? Is it sports? I like creative. I like talking to creatives and like taking little pieces from what they do, you know, learning maybe different ways to think or approach things or see things. It's just, you know, or if, you know, you idea sharing, maybe they see something a little bit different than you. Um, I really enjoy that. But again, like Derek was saying, there's the ones like, you know, AJ, it just, right. you get to just like, enjoy it. Like you just behind the scene, you just get to ask more about something you enjoy or you're a fan of. Same thing with, you know, even Kessner or Jace, like, I like hearing the stories of where people got to where they are. Like those kind of conversations are always fun, no matter what it is. But the creative process stuff is definitely fascinating for me too, where even if it's something I don't know a lot about, um, you know, or I don't even know anything, it's still interesting. But even if it's something I'm relatively familiar with in the case, like you said to, you know, if Xander's talking, like, I can't make stuff like he can, obviously. I know the DJing aspect. I make edits, I, you know, whatever, right? But that is still, he, the way he goes about things is still useful and super interesting that I, I eat that stuff up myself. Oh, I agree. I, I, I like that, just like the being able to, like, pull back the curtain, you know, and get to hear. Right. Um, but for me, I guess... Maybe just because I am always like always in the creative mindset, I, I guess I like the sports side of things. Um, sure. You know, like uh, like hearing like Jace was just so cool. Like hearing like the stuff that he just did, like literally that day. Like he was like, "Oh, we just you know traveled in from um, what was that like from Edmonton or whatever mm -hmm. it was, or or they were going to Edmonton or yeah, it was just it was cool to hear like you know." his day-to-day -day kind of stuff um and like his process of i guess getting there as well um but more so just like hearing the stuff that we don't normally get to you know like the human side of these guys as you know pro athletes right of, like um you, you kind of realize that as you're just like sitting there you know talking to these guys is like oh this is kind of like big shit here like we're talking to these guys but at the end of the day they're just a human having a conversation with us you know so. mm -hmm. yeah definitely one one that i have to mention too that's kind of on the sports side but obviously through a different lens our boy walt man yeah like, <laughs> i was gonna mention on. walt those are like, those are those so funny ones those yeah. were so fun i mean this dude is a walking encyclopedia for hockey and for scouting it's unbelievable but just listening to some of the analysis that goes into that and i wanted so got an badly. a plus twitter game too oh my god he's totally awesome twitter but what i want to do is i was really hoping when the sabers went on that early year run 
I thought I was hoping they'd be a pleasant surprise because if you remember on that episode with Walt, we all picked how many games we thought the Sabres <laughs> would win this year. And like, I was going to say like 20 something like, and be like, and you guys all thought I was nuts for that. So I ended up going a little bit lower, but I think I still picked the highest amount. And like, everyone was thinking like Sabres are going to be historically bad. And I really wanted them to be like a borderline playoff team to just go back and see what we all guessed. Um, but uh, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Benny doesn't want them to win a game the rest of the season. I'm on that boat uh, as well. I want them to lose in overtime every single game, overtime or a shootout, every game for the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I agree with – I mean, I agree with you too. It's like I thought that – like the way that they were trending at the beginning of the season, they were going right. to possibly be that borderline – playoff team and i was like i'm gonna hate them so much i mean if you guys if you guys Uh, remember we i was at the uh was at the sabers home opener this year with i'm sitting there with benny cav uh maddie and hopfer and the sabers win that home opener against montreal Akpozo scores the first goal of the season and i'm sitting there starting the Akpozo for heart campaign and Akpozo and Gergensen's taking over Buffalo from uh, from Diggs and Allen here. Um, Great man. We yeah, weren't far off. No, but I thought that was hilarious. Um, just the fact that it was kind of a total joke, like the night of. I was like, oh, this is going to last one night. And then uh, slowly but surely, the, the Bills started to slide. The Sabres looked like they were on the way up. And. You know, now I think things have evened out and we've come back to uh, to reality. But, yeah, I don't even know how we get here. Yeah, Walt. Uh, Walt's conversations really just got me in a blunder for Buffalo sports. Okay. Sabre specifically, right? But yeah. he's phenomenal. He is absolutely phenomenal. and Can't wait to catch up with him. And when we get into the new year, um, yeah. Walk encyclopedia is a great way another, to describe I, You know what, though? On, on the same lines as Walt, sorry to, to jump in there. Dude, no, you're good, man. One of, the, one of the ones that really, I think, speaks to stories that we like is uh, Jared when he came on and talking about yeah. the charging Buffalo and getting credentialed media outlet at his, at his age, because that just showed like, Oh shit. Like you can do huge things at a young age. If you just put yourself in the right positions and you grind at it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that one was a really cool one. I think for me to hear the fact that, you know, he was able to put in that kind of work and now he has, you know, obviously a very respected, uh, Buffalo Sabres specific media outlet, um, you know, under his direction. So I thought that was awesome. Uh, yeah. Just adding it's funny that you brought it up um, because the tweet sent by him not too long ago about the Sabres was very funny. Of, Is this Walt or Jared? No, Jared. Uh, the f- fat Casey heard again. Dude drinks more grape Fanta than water and milk. <laughs> oh, I saw that when I was that shit had me rolling. Oh my god! Before we continue with the reflection for the last few minutes and hopefully get to our Christmas or uh, Christmas lists here, what? And I have to bring it up. We have a group chat that we exchange things on. Derek recently found out, again, 
I thought this was readily known about oh, Alex man. Ovechkin's love for soft drinks. Since we're talking about Fanta, <laughs> I mean, I guess yeah, I knew no, that, that he was had a love for. I, 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 so I, I guess I, I'm, I'm a bad fan, and I don't really like listen to Chicklets unless it's like a really good episode. Like I just don't listen to them always, and I did not. So like, I guess some of those like smaller stories, like I miss some of those. You know, like the yeah. non-headline stories, like that they bring up in the, you know, in those episodes, but. Um, yeah, I guess I knew that he liked pop, but I didn't know to that extent. So can you can you imagine like I like how much pushback the Washington Capitals probably had on that? Probably well, I don't I don't know if you probably forty as a rookie and they're yeah, like yeah, they were yeah. like yeah you can do whatever the fuck you want. I'm just trying to think like I couldn't even do that in a beer league game. No, so like I don't know how someone does that and like. Like imagine that almost to me makes you more air. of a freak athlete. Yeah, the fact that you can perform at that high of a level, drinking Coke out of your yeah. water bottle on the bench. He prefers Diet Dr Pepper though. Oh, um, yeah, that's his that's his move. Yeah. Dr Pepper and big cereal guy. Yeah, but I just I literally can't picture myself like huffing and puffing. I can't even drink Dr Pepper watching hockey on my yeah, couch. Yeah, I know. Like I, if I, just I had can't picture coming off of a. Uh, off of a uh like you know a a shift and i'm like <sighs> and then i'm like well, give me my dr pepper this is like I jesus christ throw it right up <laughs> if i had a dr pepper at dinner and then went to the harbor center for a men's league game i would be out of breath tying my oh, skates yeah. before mm-hmm. i went on the ice yeah that's valid that's i'd, I'd be right there with you boys but yeah i thought that was hilarious that <laughs> that got brought up again because honestly I forgot about it a little bit, and then Derek was. You shared someone tweeted something, and I was just yeah, like, it was "Oh Emily my Cap- god, that's it was, right!" It was Emily Cap? So funny. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she man. Out, she's in the trenches lately. Yeah, oh, she's been doing phenomenal work, Emily. If you're listening, we'd love to have you on the show. Yeah, I was gonna Please. say that'd be on my Christmas wish list. Get Emily Kaplan on the show. Yeah. It's the the way in which she uh, she reports stories and everything. Um, it's just very informative she knows the game it's great i love Uh you know great follow on twitter if you guys don't follow her make sure you go give her a follow look her up phenomenal coverage on you know insider stuff for for hockey over there at espn um but yeah boys what uh let's let's get on here some things you're wishing for going into the new year Maybe what you're asking Santa for, uh, you know, any fun holiday traditions you want to share that you participate in, anything funny like that to round it up here for the final episode of 2021. Who wants to start? I got a question to get things rolling, though, to kind of get the juices flowing for this final segment here. Best Christmas cookie, go. Ooh. Yeah, if you don't say snickerdoodle, you're a Muppet. I was just about to say that. I have some of my mom's snickerdoodles out on the counter. Oh. Out there, so. yeah. Have you yeah, had to like have the one? Cutouts. Uh, cutouts are good. Yeah, that's that's a good solid. I mean, that's yeah. you can't go wrong with cutouts, though. But um, I guess I'll start. Um, I would like a new golf swing um, entirely. Like, just... <laughs> like, just like re-transform it um but no realistically i uh, got a golf bag and some stuff on on the list and 
just making the final the final i mean i guess this is probably you know a catch-22 you're never really done upgrading your bag but i'm pretty happy at where i'm at until i can fix my golf swing so <laughs> um but that and then just some snowboarding stuff pretty much you know we keep it pretty yeah. simple around here so you did you 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 got your golf bag situation sorted out. I don't think we ever followed yeah, up on yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. It, it showed up like three days later. Right. They were just like surprised, and I was like, "Great, thanks." Like, there you go, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Got, it worked out. It worked out. Yeah, it right. is it is very. I took a little peek. It's a, it's a gorgeous golf bag. So. That's nice. Love that. It's, nice comfy golf bag. Yeah, dude. Um. Yeah, I guess top of my list would be some uh, one-on-one instruction with Swaggy P. Uh, wow. <laughs> I mean, got to get my, you know, I feel like I've improved at hockey every year the last handful of years. Um, Indeed. And I, I've worked hard at it, but then this year when – Benny calls me up and, and says, Hey, we want you to play on this team or whatever. So yeah, sure. Like, you know, he knows where my skill level's at. This dude has me fighting above my weight class right now. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think week to week I'm settling in. I'm getting a little bit better and a little bit better, but um, the, is this the burners? Oh my, yeah, yeah, this is the burners. So uh, Benny's got me playing in the silver league at Harbor center. And for anyone that doesn't know, I didn't start playing hockey until I, I was 17, 18, like after high school. Get your um, wheels going fast. So, I mean, like, I, I would say, like, I'm, I think, like, I would, I think most people would say I'm, I'm good for how long I've been playing. But there's obviously a clear distinction with, you know, guys like Benny, Maddie, Cavo that have been playing hockey their entire life and then me. So I'm out there trying to hang in there. Uh, Swaggy P, if you could, you know, make me good at this game, uh, I would. That's all I want for Christmas. It's a pretty uh, good one, honestly. Yeah, I mean that. I would even. I'd even join in with you. To, you know, head up Swaggy P, do a little, just even a session with that guy. Just you know, picking his brain on some things on the ice there. But uh, could you, you imagine know, the video content that would come out of that? Uh, the boys uh, being incredible to, uh, to learn to skate, it'd be like an always sunny episode. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be a blast. Maybe we'll dig into that this pond season. We'll get back at it with some content right. out there. We've had some talks about doing some film work, you know, out on the pond uh, once it gets cold enough and everything. But uh, yeah, man, it's uh, that's a fun league. You, you're doing great, man. I because I fucking believed in you. I did. I knew you'd fit in with the team. It's a good team to be on. You're you're doing awesome, man. It's you not easy playing about, You want to talk about you know what's funny? You want a funny boys? Is I got to step up my game, but I also got to have a beer before I go out there too, because you got to have one with the boys. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing, I, th- I can't. Remember, I think it. I think it might have been last game. I think it was the last Burners game we played. We're on the bench. You, Toots, you were on the ice, and me and uh, Maddie wasn't there. But Cat, it was me, Cav. We're playing with Billy, 
And then I think it was a play where you like kept the puck in the zone what you kicked it to your stick and like just eased it in. It's a nice, sleek, sleek, great play. And Cav turns to me and he goes, dude, it's unbelievable what Tudor's doing out there. Do you think he has any idea he's playing in the second best beer league in Buffalo? <laughs> <laughs> you, know the worst part, you know what the worst part is? I don't even think about that. Like, I've literally yeah, never even thought about that once. Like, I literally just show up to the locker room, have a couple beers, crack some jokes with the boys, and, like, hope I don't bust my ass out there. Yeah, you're keeping it simple. That's all it is, uh, especially on D. Keep it simple. You're giving me hope about making a, a Burner's debut one you day. Wanna, you want to know what, Derek, you want to know what the – the turning point was for me was so like the first, I would say like two or three games that I played, I was like kind of timid out there. Cause I was just like, didn't want to make any mistakes. And then I was probably game, maybe like game four or five, four in the season, maybe. And I go out there and inspired by Cavo, I take a two minute minor and I get sent <laughs> to the box and I'm sitting there in the box and I'm like, fuck yeah, man, my number is going to be on the score sheet tonight. Uh, and, ever since, and ever since then, confidence has just been way up. <laughs> I can tell you make uh, it, baby. Uh, yeah. That's hey, good what's stuff. Up, what's on your list there, buddy? I uh, My list, I'm, I'm adding to it. I will. De- I would definitely join Tudes, ripping it up with Swaggy P, getting some pointers there, some backhand toeys added to the arsenal, just getting oh, them a little cleaner. The small rink. Yeah, just just making those a little smoother, a little more a little more bait and switch going on there. Nice tight, you know, do some more edge work, get warmed up there. Still breaking in a new pair of wheels, so it, it is what it is. But yeah, no, I'm definitely into that. Um, for me, um, I get too sentimental. Can't wait to spend some time with my nephew. Don't get to see him as much as I want. Very excited about that over the holiday here. But for me, for me. On my Christmas list is uh, come, I think it's probably going to be June that um, that the Buffalo Sabres once again end up with the number one draft pick and Shane Wright's name gets called by GM Kevin Adams. That is definitely on my Christmas list. And then uh, as far as you know, stuff with this the brand and the show here, I just want to keep growing. Want to keep things going, keep things trending up, keep getting more guests, keep getting bigger guests, have some fun ones back on. And I want to keep getting better interviewing people. You know, I hope to to be better at that stuff and, you know, pulling good answers, good questions out and inspiring good conversations and sharing really cool stories, providing a, a space to do that because it's a ton of fun, man. I have so much fun doing this. It's it's been amazing. It's been such a blessing to be able to do this with you guys. And uh, that's on my Christmas w- wish list, too, is uh, just to be able to keep doing this. I want to just keep this going. Oh, yeah. You know, Absolutely. keep working towards getting to do it in person and all that sort of stuff, man. It's such Absolutely. fun. And I want to uh, definitely sometime over the, you know, the, the winter months here while we're getting through it till spring, get out on the pond, have some cold ones. Yep. And just light it up for a day with the fellas. And hopefully, do it more than once because I am missing the pond hockey for sure, big time. That's what the game's all about, right there. 
Yeah, back to the roots. Mm-hmm. Back to the all roots. The me- all the memories. Yeah. Um, but yeah, boys. I mean, anybody got anything else before we sign off here? One last time yes, for twenty twenty one. Appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Enjoy your holidays with your friends and your families. Be safe out there. Have fun. Go back, check out some old episodes. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Like and subscribe. Hit up Skate Skins. Hit up Just Dishing to get some new gear, stocking stuffers, what have you. Get yourself some Skate Skins for those jets so you can light up the pond. You can light up the rink. Thank you, everybody, for the support. We're going to keep coming real hard, real heavy with the guests. We're going to nail it, baby. We're going to keep going. New guests, new shows, 2022. That's right. I tried to make that weird on purpose for one last time. Let's go. Anything Science. else, boys? No. <laughs> I, got nothing. I got nothing after that. Yeah. I love it. Um, seriously, though, everybody, thank you so much for the support. It's been an amazing year so far. And nowhere but up. We're going to keep going. It's going to be a, a hell of a 2022. And we're really excited to, uh, to get back at it once the new year hits and keep pumping out the content. Thank you so much for what's been an amazing first year. You guys are the best. One last time in 2021. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Peace.